0: hello this is joseph carlson and this is episode 33 of gaming with grief and i'm calling this episode new year yay because you guys may not know this but it is a new year so this comes out monday after the new year and uh, what a year 2019 was Um, I've kind of already talked about it. It was a terrible year for loss. My wife had a miscarriage this year around, um, it was the Friday before uh, um, April Fool's Day and uh, our friend passed away about a month later. Um, Ben, I talked to him. I talked a little bit about it uh, in a podcast a few episodes ago, but hopefully 2020 will be better and as you may notice, there is an intro That is on the episode. So, as I've noticed, uh, you know, I've noticed things about myself that I kind of bite off a little bit more than I can chew, kind of get nervous when it comes to goals. And what I end up doing is I end up uh, saying, I'm going to do all this stuff and it's going to be ready by Monday. But what I mean is, I'm not going to do any of this stuff and I'm going to, you know, basically not complete anything that I set my mind to. So, what I've done now is I've just set, you know, more attainable goals. So there's intro music. Uh, soon there will be outro music. There will be probably segment breaks. I'm working on that. I'm also gonna be redoing the artwork uh, for the podcast. I'm gonna make an actual icon. And I've been uh, getting pretty close to getting it on iTunes. So that'll be rolling out uh, probably within the next couple months. Like I said, they're gonna be small things that you'll see uh, kinda come through. Um, I'm going to try to be better about dividing the show into segments. Um, so, yeah. So, again, if you guys want to listen to this, go to www.gamingwithgrief.com. This episode will hit Monday at 7 a.m., which will be uh, tomorrow, which I think is the 6th or 7th. I don't know about time anymore. No, it's like the 4th. Long story short, it'll hit Monday uh, at uh, 7 in the morning. You can also, if you want to write a comment, you can write it below the video or the thumbnail. And uh, you, if you don't want me to read it, I won't. Or if you want me to, I will. Uh, you can also go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com, drop me a line. I didn't see any mail there. Um, I need to get better about checking that because, you know, when something doesn't happen, I just get used to not having um, any mail whatsoever, so then I just don't check it. But I did check it. I didn't see any. Um, I might start reading the promotional mail that I get, you know, uh, yeah, that I get in there, you know, like for, for Viagra and stuff. Um, but yeah, so... I'm gonna change a little bit of the format of the show, not too much, but I'm gonna try to divide everything into segments, like what I've been playing, impressions. and I've also made a list of games that I have and that are available to me through like game pass and things like that uh, that have to do with grief and death, and it's the main uh it's the main thrust of most of the games. and so what i will what I won't be doing is giving you like, I mean, I'll obviously be giving you impressions and things like that, but I'm not gonna I'm not well, gonna well. give you like hey, I'm an hour into this, I'm an hour into that. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to play these games, and when I get finished of them, I'll do a big review. Kind of like what I did with Death Stranding, although I didn't finish that. Um, I'm going to go back to and finish, but I made a list of, I want to say here, I got my notes in front of me. It is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh, eight games that have to do with death, grieving, things like that. And so what I'll be doing is I'll be playing those throughout the years and giving massive impressions. A lot of these came out last year. Some of them came out earlier than that, and I will talk about that on the podcast when they come out. I'll obviously give you guys all the details of, like, where to purchase it if it sounds interesting. But uh, what I'll do in the beginning of my discussion is I'll give you the kind of, like, basic impressions of the game. And then I'll go into, like, a deeper dive of the game, and I'll probably—I'll be giving away spoilers. So, uh, Yeah. I won't really do a spoiler cast because you know I think to talk about grief and loss and, and things like that, you really have to get into the crux of the game. And so I don't think it would be good for me to just say yes, this game is good, although I will have impressions of games uh, that I've been playing, mostly just run of the day stuff like um, what I'll be playing today, which they don't some of the games don't have to do with death or dying. I'm just playing them. And uh, I'll probably also start trying to get through my backlog, which I think is going to be important, because like every gamer, there's always one or two games that you want to play that you just haven't had a chance to play yet, and I actually want to do that and spend more time doing that uh, in the new year. So yeah, that's kind of it. You, You heard the new intro. Like I said, there will be an outro. There will be a break. I'll do different breaks. I might change the intro music, but... Uh, th- that took me about an hour to do what you hear which doesn't sound like a lot but you start you know I'm still learning about garage band so uh, yeah so that's that um, first game I want to get into I got to play the division two with uh, my wife and my in-laws and I always take breaks from the division and come back according to the game clock I think I have what six days so many hours so that's almost you know that's almost 200 it's about 200 hours I have in the division. And uh, I played it since launched, kind of fell in love with it, level cap pretty quick. I think they refined a lot of the systems from the first one. So if you played uh, the first division, you kind of know what to expect. But I actually like the new uh, city. They're in D.C. now. It's the summer. The virus has died out in the first game. There was obviously a virus that killed a lot of people. It was the winter in New York. Um, and there's talk right now online of what I've read of maybe going back to New York, but obviously it's going to be the summer You're fighting one of the main villains, which is uh, Aaron Keener. He kind of went AWOL and betrayed uh, the Division. So there's rumors online right now that I don't think they've confirmed it, but you're actually going to start going after him, which I think is pretty interesting. I like Aaron as a character. It kind of makes me mad. I get kind of visceral when I play games. And, you know, the Division, you're given a lot of responsibility. And he literally turned his back on uh, his fellow Division agents, and he killed people just because he felt like he was slighted. And like I said, I get real visceral reaction when I play games, and it it made me mad playing it to know that you're giving a lot of responsibility, and this guy kind of just forgot it. So, yeah, I really like the new systems. They have new areas you can explore. They've added new missions. We actually went into the Pentagon Friday night, and we didn't complete the mission. It was very difficult. But there's a safe house because you basically have to do a few side missions and unlock the safe house to... To start at the Pentagon so that way you don't have to go through the whole thing again to go through the Pentagon. Uh, so there's a safe house. Uh, I'll probably get back to it sometime next weekend. Uh, so yeah, uh, really looking forward to uh, getting back and playing it more. Um, every time I dip back in, I really enjoy myself. It seems like every time <clears throat> I look at it from a mechanics perspective, they've really done a lot of refinement on the dev side. Every little thing, like right now, you know, everybody has a specialty weapon when you get to level 30, whether that be a crossbow with exploding tips, you get a a thumper, uh, like a, not a belt-fed, I was going to say like a chamber-fed grenade launcher. Uh, You also have a sniper rifle. Uh, The new one is a minigun. Uh, And then the, well, the newest, newest one is a technician, which is like a, they're like um, guided rockets. Um, and what's really neat is now they have it tuned where on your character you have a bar you fill up, meaning you've done certain requirements to have ammo drop, and when that bar fills up, the enemy that you kill will drop specialty ammo, because before you were kind of in the dark about it, and uh, you didn't know when you were going to get specialty ammo, so in a, in a clutch it didn't really help out, because you, you had no idea uh, when that was going to happen. But now you know, you know exactly like, oh, I'm really close, to this person dropping a couple rounds you know they did change some of the abilities so you have to do certain requirements in the world to get tiers so that way you can do more and more damage with it Uh, I think they just kind of wanted to make a restriction because before it was like well you have points just put it in there Um, but yeah every little mission the AI seems very reactive now like they try to flank you the Black Tusk are like the end game enemy, and they're very difficult to kill. They have robots, uh, sniper robots. They have drones just like you do. Uh, they're very aggressive. Again, they'll try to flank you. All this stuff, if you like the first game, I think is definitely a major improvement on the second game. I think I saw it for sales around the holidays for about $10. So, uh, yeah, pick it up if you're thinking of playing it. That is, if you like that kind of game you know it is a game of service there's uh i I bought the ultimate edition which was like 100 bucks uh it didn't give me anything extra it just gave me early access to the things that the regular players get i think i got a week uh, like seven days early access on all the specialty like specializations the new specializations the new missions there's some classified missions i basically just got to play those early So it wasn't a big deal where I, uh, you know, I didn't get any big perks for ordering it, except I think I got to play the game like two days early, which was nice. But in the long run, my relatives that I was playing with and my uh, wife, everybody caught up, you know. So it wasn't it didn't feel like I was at a major disadvantage in any way, shape or form. So it was good. Uh, So, yeah, again, I think you can find it for like 10 or 15 bucks. Uh, i'm playing it on xbox i mean it's on playstation it's on pc ubisoft has their own launch on pc you could probably get it there probably get it for sale um and the next game i want to talk about is i've been playing uh Sekiro more i probably talk about it a lot on this but i started looking at lore videos online and really kind of digging into the nitty-gritty of the game and it actually does kind of fall in the purview of this uh my podcast because Reading about the thing is the idea is that uh, the prince, uh, Kuro, uh, the general setup is that you are a shinobi, a ninja, that has been ass- uh, assigned to protect a prince, Kuro. And what you find out, and this is kind of set up uh, early on, is that he has, he's basically the, the dragon's divine heir, meaning he has dragon blood in him, basically. He has the ability to um, cheat death. And he can basically resurrect uh, when he dies or gets hurt and what you find out through the game is uh, you also have the ability because you're uh, you know you're protecting him and he gives you uh, the ability to do that because you saved his life and uh, there's ways to find more ways to uh, to resurrect long story short. Um, through the game, you find out that the more and more you die, which happens a lot because it's a From Software game. This is the same people that gave you Bloodborne and uh, Dark Souls and Demon Souls. Uh, the more and more you die, everyone around you gets Dragon Rot, which is a sickness, and they start coughing, and it closes quests off for you. People stop being able to talk to you because they're sick and dying. Merchants don't sell you things. There's a way to alleviate uh, the Dragon Rot. But it's very frustrating. And so the prince, his plan in the game is to sever his immortality. He wants to be mortal because he realizes that everybody around him is being getting sick and that you're making people sick, and that uh, so there's actual several endings in the game. So long story short is it does fall into what I'm kind of playing. Uh, or you know talking about for the website and I want to talk about it more because it's very fascinating some of the lore videos I watch it's based in Japan so uh the creators are it's a Japanese studio they pulled from some Japanese folklore to kind of craft this world that is a little bit bleak like a lot of the other games um but really good and uh yeah I'm gonna be talking about it the only reason I bring it up this this time is just to say that uh I've been playing it so much that um I just started researching and going, wow, this probably fits in the other category. So I'll be talking about that uh, later in the year Uh, when I finish it. There's four endings to the game. So I I obviously won't review all four endings. But when I complete the game and get an ending, I will talk to you guys about themes and things like that. Uh, So, yeah, expect more of that later. Uh, The next game I wanted to talk about is Tetris 99. Uh, I don't think I've talked about it here now. You could be listening to this and think, well, you know, I played Tetris. So is this just another version of Tetris? It is, but it adds an interesting mechanic where you're playing Tetris against 98 other people. When you clear lines, they become garbage and they can be sent to other people. And you can determine, I want to send this to someone who's attacking me. I want to send it to a random. Uh, And then if you get, uh, if you knock people out, If their lines fill up, just like a regular Tetris game, they're out. If you're the one that did that, you get a badge. The more badges you get, get a multiplier for when you send junk to other people. That junk, more and more junk, will be sent to the person of your choosing. Uh, You play the game in the center, just like Tetris, but you can see the other screens next to you in very small windows. So you can kind of see the progress of how people are doing. They also display how many badges they have. And it actually is very clear. That was one thing I was worried about when I started playing it. Like, how are they showing all of this information? You know, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, all this is happening. But, you know, like any game you've played, the more and more you play it, you start absorbing more and more information around you. Uh, you realize that, you know, their screen are turned red, meaning they're close to being knocked out. Um, it's just really interesting. Um, so, uh, I recommend it. It's on Nintendo. Then It's only on the Nintendo Switch. And if you get the online, I think you have to have the online membership. It's like $20 a year to uh, download the game. It's free to download, but there's extra versions that you have to pay for. I think there's a marathon mode. There's a team battle mode. um, But it's free to download to try. And what they've done lately is they used to have weekend events, which I think they still have. So the theme of Tetris will change. When you start playing the game, you have a standard theme, um... I it's got like a techno beat. You're playing Tetris. That was cool, but they did an old, original Game Boy skin for it, and I unlocked that. And thought this is great because all the sounds are there. It looks just like an old Game Boy game. The edges of your screen are an old Game Boy. So you have this feeling like you're playing, uh, you know, a Game Boy game. But when you complete challenges in the game every week or whatever, like play so many matches, clear so many lines, you get tickets. And what they do now is, you go to a screen with your tickets. And you can unlock different themes. So there's a Zelda theme, a Donkey Kong theme. Uh, What else? There was a Super Mario theme, an 8-bit Super Mario theme with new music. The blocks look different. I unlocked that. And I'm kind of going through unlocking uh, different themes. And it's really fun. It's really phonetic. You'll see on the side of your screen when people are about to send stuff over, your screen uh, starts flashing red. You start hearing like a klaxon saying, hey, stuff's coming. And you just... um, you know, you just uh, play, and it's frantic. And like Tetris, the more and more lines you can play like 50, I think 25, and 10. Things start speeding up as well, and people are sending you stuff. So it starts getting really, really crazy. Um, so I definitely recommend it. Again, it's on the Nintendo Switch. It's free to download if you have the uh, online pass. I don't think you can download it without the online pass, but there's those other modes and I'm not sure if those are available if you don't have online because there's this Tetris and like a marathon and stuff like that. But you could check it out. You go to the store. Uh, if you type in Tetris 99, I'm sure all the modes would pop up and then you can buy uh, whatever you want. But I definitely recommend it. Uh, and the next game I'm going to talk about is uh, the Dragon Age pen and paper I've been doing. Uh, there's actually one player that I still have to catch up with. Um, he's really critical of the story. I'm going to bring everybody back together. But, well, there's two characters. There's two characters. But the one I got to sit with this weekend was really good because it was uh, mono mono, In Dragon Age, you get a specialization at level 7. At level 14, you get another specialization. Somebody in the group decided uh, what they wanted to do. They were a warrior, and they, uh, they wanted to become a berserker, which is a lot like what it sounds like. They just went crazy. And they had a good time playing the campaign, and he met some people that trained him and he said afterwards uh, to me and he said just in general, he said, you know, all those guys are really fun. Uh, I wouldn't mind if I met him again, you know, and I said, well, you may, you know, the campaign isn't over with yet. Uh, but he had a good time. It was only probably two, two and a half hours because all it was was him and I and we were just focusing. We caught up. Obviously, everybody catches up. Uh, Because we hadn't seen each other in a while, but uh, after that we kind of caught up, and uh, yeah, you had a great time. So it's always great when people have a good time and they tell you they had fun. And uh, he did tell me that I'm too easy on the characters, that I haven't killed anybody yet. And uh, my response to him was, I get that, but this is like a big uh, movie, good or bad, big long movie. So you're the hero of that movie, and I don't think at the end, I don't think you want your character to be killed uh you know it's kind of an anticlimactic movie to invest all this time in your character uh you know we've been playing i think since 2019 in like march or may something like that and we've spent you know they're four or five hour sessions uh every two weeks so i haven't done the math but now everybody's level 14 and instead of just i at first i was giving people xp but then everybody's together, and they're kind of working together. I had two players to start, and now there's three. Um, so it feels strange to say, well, you got 500 for doing this, and you got 750 for doing this. So I basically just treat their levels as chapters now. You know, They complete tasks. They work together. They've been planning. Everybody's using their skills. Uh, they mesh well together. You know, And so now the idea is the levels are just chapters in a story. You know, and so at the end, level 20 will be the last chapter. Well, actually, 19 will be kind of the end of their story, but there'll be an epilogue, which is chapter 20. Um, And I'll probably, again, split everybody up to do that alone so that way they can have, uh, you know, something of their own, their own story. Uh, These training sessions have been secret, they don't really share, unless they've been texting each other off board that I don't know about. I try to keep everything separate and we don't really talk that much about what their characters did while they trained because their specializations are very personal and everybody had to train. So it's been really fun to see the group kind of gel together. Um, and I'm hope I'm hoping there's a strong finish and I hope everybody has a good time. Uh, the one rule that I made a joke about is that I don't make anybody fight spiders because I hate it in games when they make you, they run out of ideas and they make you fight spiders. There's just something about it where they're like, okay, there's a giant spider ahead of you. And I think, Wow really we ran out of ideas already Like that's it Uh, Cool I guess I'll fight this spider Um, But personally it's not that I don't I mean I don't don't have a fear of spiders I mean I just don't like them But uh, I don't have a big fear of spiders It's just I think it's more of a thing where people uh, I don't know It just seems like a level one thing Of like hey look there's a spider over there Why don't you go kill it It's like really Um, So yeah but uh, the guy had a good time And uh, yeah that was fun It was a good time so I had a good time, it was fun, caught up, had some beer, uh, played the old game, it was great. So yeah. So the off-topic stuff I want to talk about is um, two things. Movies related. One, I got to see It Chapter 2, which was really, really fun. Uh, I liked the first movie, and It Chapter 2, obviously, Pennywise the clown who was evil. Uh, the second movie follows the Losers Club, as they're now all adults, and they have to deal with the fact that they have to go back to Derry because they made a promise at the end of the first movie that if the Pennywise came back, that they would come back and they would kill him. I thought it was pretty good. It was almost three hours, but they had to juggle a lot. There was some mystic stuff in there. If you know a little bit about Pennywise, I won't bore you, but it's like a mystical being. So they kind of got into that a little bit, which I enjoyed. I the the effects were pretty unique. He did look very unsettling and kind of a new role. Because the first one, there was a lot of daring, crazy things that he did. And you think, man, I don't think they're going to be able to top that. That was pretty scary. You know, he looked gross as this. He looked as gross as that. But I think in this one, they did a good job of still making him menacing. They did a great thing with having him just kind of off the side of the frame or kind of in the back where you just see his eyes. Where you just see his white head. And it was, uh, you know, it was, it was unnerving. My wife and I were watching it. She was like, ah, wow, he's back there. You know, it was just that thing where you just know he's around. And uh, I think that's a good way to make him feel unsettling. You just know he's, he's just kind of in the background just watching. Um, yeah, and it was gruesome. There's a lot of blood. Apparently there was somebody reported that one of the actresses um, was actually in a scene that had the largest amount of fake blood ever put on film. And... Uh, I heard that I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then you see it come up and then it was just like, wow, this is crazy. So it it was really good. It was thrilling. I recommend it. Again, it's about three hours. So uh, use the bathroom before you rent it or pause it or whatever. Just be prepared. It's good. But, whew, yeah, crazy. Uh, The next movie I saw, I finally saw uh, the last Spider-Man movie, the one Far From Home where he went to London. And I enjoyed that too. My wife didn't really want to watch it. She says Spider-Man isn't her favorite hero. She kind of got sick of him. Um, but I liked it. And I thought, I think Tom Holland is a great Spider-Man. I think he's like 21 or so. But he feels he has a good he's not. I think where uh, I read somewhere it was like, probably 26 or 27 when the first Spider-Man came out. And you did have this feeling that everybody is, you know, they're pushing 30. And they're pretending to be in high school. And I don't know how old the kids are. that are in the new Spider-Man movies and Marvel ones. But it feels like they are actually of age or could fit in high school so 20 is a little bit closer to 17 or 18 than obviously 27 or 30 and it doesn't feel like you know it it just feels a little bit more genuine and uh he does a good job of i think he's a good actor and i think he uh you feel for him you know when things go bad uh there's some really good emotion there and uh it picks up right after endgame so if you haven't seen endgame I don't want you to get ruined uh, by anything that uh, you know. You saw, see Endgame first, and then you'll understand where this kind of story picks up. So yeah, I think that about covers it for the first uh, Gaming with Grief episode of the new year. So um, again, this will hit Monday at 7am, so I'm recording this on Sunday, so it'll hit early in the morning on Monday, um, and then you know, leave a comment below if you want, if not, that's fine um and then again you can write to me at gwgpodfellows at gmail.com and i'll read it if you want me to i won't just tell me if you want me to in the comments uh i hope everybody was safe for the new year and i will see you guys next week